0: Okay, now we're recording. So welcome to Teach Wonder. Yes, welcome to Teach Wonder. A podcast hosted by Ashley O'Neill and Julie Cunningham. This is a bonus episode. So Eric has been facing some of the challenges that most of us in informal and formal education have. The rules about gathering in a physical space have prompted us to do more online. And for a group that relies a lot on physical materials, that's been interesting. He's had experience working with teachers to run trainings. He's run small group opportunities for students, and he's heard from teachers that he's been working with. This episode is all about the practical things that he's done to find success and the creative solutions his teachers have leveraged to make things happen. My favorite part, though, are the spots in which he talks about how the health restrictions have changed some learning for his students for the better. Now, this isn't to diminish the difficulties of this time. Eric is candid about the constraints that he's had to work through. But here we're going to talk about how innovation loves constraints, and he's going to share the ways in which he's worked with students that some of those innovations have been so great and so powerful that they're actually here to stay.
1: There's actually been some great work done because of the virus, because of these lockdowns. Some really empowering things have happened. And to be honest, it's a lot of individual kids making. So I don't have an opportunity to have kids working together directly. But what they can do is collaborate virtually. So I can have the, I watched this fantastic webinar and I wish I had been in that classroom i inspire a lot of people this inspired me it was just the summative presentation and because of the video conferencing software that the teams were using in the school it automatically recorded everything so pretty much everything those learners were doing they could go back and get snippets and create little movies so i was watching the end the final presentation of these two things and it was about edison robots so i was very interested in it and knew a lot about it and it turned out the teacher had given the learners again kind of an open-ended process with a goal they had to demonstrate this particular concept in this particular tactile way using the robot and at least something like 40 lines of code hearing the students talk well well we were talking just like we were talking in class but they were talking virtually and this is the board we made. And one learner, like when the video screen was like, had a whiteboard behind them. So they're like the recorder of the whole thing, doing it virtually. And then they, what the one young lady said was, she goes, it was interesting because every time we would try something, we would just email each other the code and then we would see the robot do it. And aha moments happened. This is a sixth grader. and she, said, Aha moments just kept happening. It happened, it happened, it happened. Because they're virtually collaborating. So, okay, what if you do this? Okay, and one learner is real fast on the computer. So they would, and boof, it's there. And that loaded into the robot and tried. Okay, that didn't work. So, even though we were in a COVID based challenge, it turned out that challenge actually helped, again, the ideation and brainstorming processes. Now you lose the tactile opportunity. But the ideation and that sort of collaborative piece, I believe, in many cases became stronger because there isn't that direct social pressure of who's talking when or um, especially in some of the learners that I've been working with, they don't do video. These are gifted and talented kids who are on the autism spectrum sometimes and they don't do video. So imagine the lack of social pressure for them when it's just audio. There's no scowl. There's nothing I have to mix up facial expressions, it's not there. It's just that barrier for them is now gone. That's exciting. And to hear them communicating and collaborating with their colleagues openly, knowing full well they would have never done that, sitting in a table with a group of five students, is pretty empowering. And all of a sudden, I know this is true of a lot of teachers who work with learners on the spectrum. They're looking at this as, wow, they're testing out just fine. This actually works well. This is meeting the goal, and it actually works better for them. Well, when we go back to school, could we have more opportunities like this? And it was fascinating to hear. literally I was in a discussion group with a number of teachers, and they were talking about, okay, well, now that we're going back to school, what do we want to keep from this? Like what's the keepers of this? And it turned out it was, as just one example, having social learning model for these group assignments that's done on your own time. So taking that same tool that we had to use for school that they're all trained to use now and using that to do group projects because now I don't have to be together. I don't have to have the students interfacing during classroom time. You can literally all meet up at six o'clock in the the virtual classroom. Teachers can monitor that too. You can see the products because they're creating them and you get a better sense of accountability. I mean, a lot, even though this is all teachers do, a lot of times you do a group project and it's two kids doing it or one child and their parent, and suddenly all the blinders are down. You can see how all of these interactions are working. So, though COVID did change a lot of things and it does definitely limit the opportunities that we can provide, it also provided a lot of opportunities for, I guess you'd say, awareness building and a lot of opportunities for technology integration that I don't think many teachers ever would have tried if they hadn't been forced to try. Literally, I am not a huge fan of web-based instruction. I have done it. I do it. I do webinars with teachers. I'm consulting. Most of my consulting work is done virtually now because of COVID. In this particular case, when we're collaborating on a screen with three teachers who are now all doing this from their houses, I usually keep the groups pretty small for these types of things, Say so it's ten teachers, and we're all in this work group, and we're all collaborating. Suddenly, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. We're working with a group of teachers trying to do basic coding. Right? Just the, they'd never coded anything before, any. And it was interesting because you lose the power of being the only teacher, because now it's a big social group. And there's, I mean, I can meet people, I guess, if I want, but I don't. And suddenly my little fun things that I say, they were saying, like, you know, it's okay, make the thing go, okay, now now push the button, then now the robot goes, congratulations, you coded a robot, right? That's a great thing for a teacher to feel like, hey, I can do this. I didn't have to say it. I never had a chance to say it. They were saying it. They're literally all of a sudden like celebrating amongst themselves. Like, look what I did. Isn't this awesome? Because the person's not right next to them. So they need to be very clear about you know, pick up the robot or move the lab. This is what it just did. It was also true for the other side of this. When they ran into a blockade, right, something that they couldn't get to work or get frustrated, a lot of times you can just kind of drift away in the corner and not get noticed, and it just gets skipped. But with some of these virtual learning models, everybody has to produce a video, but it has to be successful because you have to make the video. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, This thing won't work. This thing isn't working. You could see that frustration and where they would have been kind of alone or maybe with just one other person, the whole group was right there to support them because they hear it like, hey, what's going on with that? Why didn't Oh, I know. I can see what's happening. Have you tried this? And it took that challenge opportunity that where it can be isolating. You feel like you're the only person that can't get this right. They see other people are having the exact same problem because you can see everyone and to have people just be willing to help each other because because of the virtual nature of it. Be like, oh, I, oh, that totally happened to me 10 minutes ago. Oh, no, I made that same mistake. And suddenly, it's like, hey, this we're all doing this together. This is really exciting. And, yeah, when we look at how COVID changed the world, you know, some of this might be permanent. Some of it might stick. And, you know, there are certain components of it that are great. It's been challenging. Don't get us wrong. It's not that easy. You know, how do you do a, I had a great discussion with a teacher who's a makerspace driven teacher and she's been doing individual learning, you know, basically virtual learning for a year. And we were talking about ways to further incorporate her makerspaces. She's like, I've done a few things, the coding, because in this case, the district had bought the robots already. So the way their district had basically spliced this out, she made kits out of all of her classroom resources so one robot the batteries a few legos and but the learners they didn't have enough to everyone to do everything at the same time so they created learning units and learning groups because it doesn't matter you don't need asynchronous you don't need synchronous learning anymore because everybody can go do their own things so literally she took a class of 40 kids had 10 kids doing edison 10 kids doing makey Makey, 10 kids doing teledrones, 10 kids doing tools and electronics. Now they're not doing it at the same time, right? Because only 10 of them can be, 10 are all working on Edison. Then they would literally bring the kits back to the school and boy, solutions left and right. And suddenly a teacher is seeing, okay, wait a minute. I can have groups, synchronous subgroups doing asynchronous learning and it's not impossible to manage. Okay, how could I do that in the classroom? And how could I actually do that? And suddenly they're like, wait a minute, this is starting to look a lot like a makerspace all of a sudden, right? And again, we come back to that piece of empowerment. You know, we want teachers to think like engineers. Oh boy, have you had an engineering design challenge and you've overcome so many of these challenges. Every teacher out there should be feeling great about themselves. You know, sure, there were challenges and not everything went great, but this is engineering. Expect some challenges. You expect some bumps. It's how we react to that and how we overcame it. Sure, some people were real naturals with talking online, or some people were really good at you know, incorporating their own research and their own ideas and sharing it out. And some people were really challenged. Everybody accomplished something. just now. And the virus did that. It helped us really take a look at education and at a larger process, but also ourselves as practitioners, our learners and their needs, we see learners taken out of the direct face-to-face social environment, really start succeeding that never succeeded before, or an, a required ideation process. I did this with a group of high school students here, a required ideation process where everybody has to present on a video is very, very different because suddenly the I like Bobby's idea can't happen because you had to pre-record the video. You see what I'm saying? That, you know what? When COVID's over, that's gonna stick. I'm keeping that one, I'm keeping it, because it was great, right? That's the real power of all this. Creating opportunities for students to work together in different ways that might be comfortable for some learners and uncomfortable for learners. Pushing those boundaries and, you know, sometimes deliberately creating opportunities for that learner who isn't comfortable in the normal learning environment to be successful.
0: This is Teach Wonder, brought to you by the Center for Excellence in STEM Education. Links are in the show notes and transcripts are on our site.